0: You become what you think about. As you think, so shall you be. And that is true for virtually everything in your life. So that people who are looking at their partner and looking at what makes them miserable, it's not surprising that misery expands for them. You become what you think about all day long.
1: That's Dr. Wayne Dyer. And this is The Depression Detox Show. Hello and welcome back to The Depression Detox Show where we share ideas and stories to change your relationship with depression. I am your host, Malik Josephs. Happy Monday. Thank you so much for tuning in. And this week, it's going to be dedicated to the late, great Wayne Dyer. So I've been binge listening to pretty much as many talks as I can get my hands on by Dr. Wayne Dyer. And listening to all of his talks has been very inspiring and almost life-changing. And I just wanted to share that with you, the listeners, and I hope you get what I've been getting the last week and a half that I've been listening to all of his talks. And he is a wealth of knowledge and wisdom. And more importantly, he walked his talk. So let's jump right in with the late, great Wayne Dyer. Enjoy.
0: Enjoy. You have to act on what you think about. You can't act on anything else. The ancestor to every action is a thought. So if your mind is on what you don't like, then what you don't like has to expand for you. Now know this, if you know nothing else, that every single problem that you have in your life, every problem that you have, you experience in your mind. You experience it in thought, in thought. It's how you process things. It's what you do with it in your thoughts that makes it a problem. Otherwise, if you're in a coma, you wouldn't be experiencing it. It's your mind. So if you know that the problems that you have in your life are in your mind, then you must know that the solution to those problems also has to be in your mind. It can't be in something or someone changing in order for you to get better or happier. If you think that someone else makes you miserable, you get those people and send them to me. (laughs) And I will treat them, and then you will get better. (laughs) And that's absurd. Of course we know that. So that the solution as well as the problem is within. I spent two years writing a book called What Do You Really Want for Your Children? What do you really want for your children? If you want for them what I think we want for our children that is to be self-reliant, that is to have a sense of mission and purpose in life, that is to be creative, that is to be happy, fulfilled, blame-free people who take responsibility for their lives rather than people who wear the right clothes and have the right labels and do all of these things, then what you really want for your children is something based on strength and you can't build anything when you start with weakness so that if what you're doing with your kids is always seeing them doing things wrong, and that's your problem, that's what's difficult for you is you see them doing things wrong all the time, then how do you change that? You change it by looking for the things that they do right, by catching them doing things right, by focusing on their greatness, their grandness, their divineness, their beauty, and reinforcing that giving away what's inside. And the more you catch them doing things right, the more you find them doing things right. And the more you catch them doing things wrong, the more you find them doing things wrong. And it's all your experience. It's the same thing is true of all your physical maladies. If you've got a sniffle in your nose, and you say, it's Monday morning, it's in my nose, but tomorrow it'll be in my throat. I know it. There's your mind. Those are your thoughts, that's 99% of who you are. And you say, well, on Wednesday, it'll be in my chest. On Thursday, I'm gonna have a fever. I'm gonna have to take Friday off. (laughs) (laughs) And it's still Monday morning. (laughs) Monday morning, you got a sniffle and all of a sudden it's Friday with a fever. You become what you think about all day long. That was Earl Nightingale, the recipient of this honor two years ago before his death. man who I was honored to write the introduction to his book, The Strangest Secret. You become what you think about. As you think, so shall you be. And that is true for virtually everything in your life. So that People who are looking at their partner and looking at what makes them miserable, it's not surprising that misery expands for them. You become what you think about all day long. What you think about is what expands. Now, what do most people think about? Take salespeople, for example, especially salespeople who are not very effective in their lives. If you're going into a sales encounter and your mind... Your humanity, your divineness, your connection to eternity, your total being, which is invisible, just sort of trapped in this package called Wayne or called Mike or called Sally. If it's on, this isn't going to work out. Then what do you have to act on other than this isn't going to work out? or I'm not very good at this, or I'm not experienced at that, or this person has been beating me around the bush for a long time anyway, and they're just, they're not going to close on this thing. I know they're not going to close. What are you going to act on? What else do you have to act on? What you think about expands. And so that's why it's so important to not have your mind, your humanity clogged up with negativity, with judgment, with the news. You can always find something negative if that's what you're looking for. If you want to see an increase in racism in the world, you just have to look around and you'll see it. But if you want to see an increase in brotherhood, you'll see that too. And you can be a part of that and convert it all. Because a collective consciousness starts with each one of us. What you think about expands. That's the first rule. The second thing is that what you think about is already here. In the world of thought, everything you think about is already here. That's really important. It's not like it's someplace else. And everything you think about, every thought you have, is conceivable in your mind. You can conceive of it in form. Boy, do you need to know that, and do your children need to know that, that every time they tell themselves something that they can't do. When my daughter... My little daughter Summer will be on my, I lay down on my back and I put my arms back and I lift her up and each one of the other kids I can lift them all the way up, right up to the ceiling and they can do it by balancing themselves, all right? But she, every time I would do that she would start to fall back. I'd said to her Summer, what's the name of daddy's new book? She said, you'll see it when you believe it. I said, well, do you believe? She says, I believe. I said, come on, I want to hear it. Do you believe? I said. She says, all right, I believe. I said, well, what do you believe? I can do it. And then I go through this whole thing. Do you see yourself doing it? Can you balance yourself? Can you do this? Do you have the capacity to do that? I can do it. I can do it. I said, all right. She says, well, get on with it, all right? (laughs) And sure enough, I lift her up, and she goes all the way up to the ceiling. As soon as she changes her thoughts, what do you think the difference is between a child who can swim and a person who can't? Do you think that the moment a child knows how to swim, that suddenly they have new physical capacities that they didn't have before? No. They have a new belief, (laughs) and they're acting on that belief, or riding a bike or anything like that. It's changing around the thought. The physical will just sort of adapt to it, or as the Sufis say, if you don't have a temple in your heart, you'll never find your heart in a temple. (laughs) It's about having a temple in your heart. (laughs) It's about knowing that what you think about expands. Every thought you have is what your humanity is. And every thought you have is already here. The third rule out of four is that you must be willing to do what it takes to bring your thought into form. Now, you notice I didn't say you have to work hard. I didn't say you have to struggle. I didn't say you have to fight. You have to go out there and make it real tough. may not be at all. The key word in making this philosophy of believing is seeing is the word willing. You must be willing. You are listening to someone who has always been willing to do what it takes, always. From the years I spent at an orphanage in Michigan for nine years, I was the one who was willing to do what it took. To make those into pleasant days for myself and all the kids that were there with me, including my older brother. To when I wrote Erroneous Zones being told that, oh, we don't have an advertising budget, and no, we can't do this, and no, we can't send you out on the road, and no, you can't get on these shows, and you can't do that. (laughs) And every time anybody said that, I always sort of thanked them in my heart. Because that just gave me the impetus to... Do what it takes, to be willing to do what it takes. Buy up the first printing, which is what I did. Buy up the whole second printing. Put them in my car. Take them across the country. Spend two years out there on the road. I was told that the only way you can talk to everybody in America is to get on all the big talk shows. But all the big talk shows, never heard of Wayne Dyer. So there's another way to talk to everybody in America. And that's to go to everybody in America. (laughs) Go on every little radio show in every little town across the country. Most of those, like A.M. Columbus and Good Morning Jacksonville, I mean, if you got a new avocado dip, they'll put you on, right? <laughs> Take the books with you. Just do it. And don't tell yourself that i got to struggle. And the final thing is, you have to understand that you cannot fail in this process. There's no failure here. Failure is an editorial judgment imposed by others. See, so you want to unclog yourself of judgment. When you judge another person, when anybody judges another person, always remember that you do not define that other person with your judgment. You define yourself only as a person needing to judge. Each one of us are defined by our thoughts and the actions subsequent to those thoughts. Each one of us, that's how we're defined. Not by other people defining us. When my kids ask me about their reputation, I say, forget your reputation. You have no control over your reputation. Your reputation is in the hands of others. That's what a reputation is. I come up here and speak to a thousand people here. I have a thousand reputations. I can't control that. The only thing you can control is your character, which comes from your thoughts and the love that you have in there that you have to give away. Not your reputation and what other people think of you. That's outside of your control.
1: Big thanks to Dr. Wayne Dyer. You can hear this talk as well as all the talks pretty much that's going to be on for the rest of the week on Audible. It's called Wayne Dyer's Ultimate Library. And this talk was from chapter number one. And you can connect with him by visiting his website, drwaynedyer.com. And check out his latest book entitled Happiness is the Way how to reframe your thinking and work with what you already have to live the life of your dreams. And if you like this clip, there will be a link to the entire talk as well as all the links to connect with Dr. Wayne Dyer in the show description. And when you get a chance, please follow the show on Spotify podcast, share it or subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And I will see you back here Wednesday where we will continue with our week of Dr. Wayne Dyer. And that's it for me. So until then, stay strong. Later.